Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast with John O'Leary. John is the number one national best-selling author of the book On Fire. He's a world-class inspirational speaker, and he's the host of the Live Inspired Podcast. John interviews extraordinary individuals on their life story so that you can wake up from accidental living and more fully live your life story. Here's your host, John O'Leary. Well, hello, my friends. I am John O'Leary, and so happy that you are joining me here on the Live Inspired Movement. On every Live Inspired podcast episode, we have amazing guests join us to share their story, their successes, their failures, their lessons, and yes, their life. You will absolutely hear profound and unforgettably inspiring stories, but more importantly, you will take away real ideas to apply in your own life. My friends, my goal is to have guests on this show that will inspire you to choose to wake up from accidental living so that you can do, you can be, you can achieve, you can impact, you can lead and live and inspire even more through your life. Or way more simply said, so that you can live inspired. Today's episode will be an awesome indication of what we expect to do, not only on these shows, but for you, my friends, throughout the year. My guest today is Jenny Ditzler. Almost a decade ago, I read one of Jenny's books. It's called Your Best Year Yet. I was struggling in one business, had never given a professional presentation, had never earned any money in that regard, had certainly never done radio or podcast or writing, was upside down in some areas of my life, financially, relationally, spiritually. And I read this book on the front side of the new year. It was on on the encouragement of a dear friend that I look up to, that I respect. She said, check out this book. So I did. I read the book and rather than reading it like we so frequently do, which is to quickly flip, flip pages to see what might happen next, I read it uh, in the same way you might read a workbook. My pen was in hand. I took notes. I walked through the workflow. I actually did the exercises that were encouraged in the book and in doing so created a plan to attack that year, a plan on how to become a speaker. I had really no idea, but I figured, hey, let's work the plan and see what might happen. Had a plan on how to get a better handle on my finances, a plan to focus on my values and the things that really mattered to me. A plan to become a better husband to my wife. We'd been married only a couple of years, but I knew I wanted to be a way better husband that coming year. A plan to grow in my faith walk. A plan to lead, listen, my best year yet. My friends, Jenny Ditzler is our guest today. She's the author of that book I read almost a dozen, 10 years ago now. I want you to hear her story, to hear her plan, and to have her guide you and me, all of us, through the questions that will allow you, yes, you, to live your best year yet. One of the things she'll share, and I think it's so beautiful, she's going to remind us of the indestructible goodness, the possibility within each one of us, the indestructible goodness, the immense possibility within each one of us. Here we are in January. Here we are in season two of the Live Inspired Movement. My friends, grab your pens, get ready to hit pause frequently on this podcast. This one is not at all about Jenny. It's not at all about O'Leary. It is 100% about you. So are you ready? 
Are you ready for your best year yet? Welcome with me, our guest today, Jenny Ditzler. Thank you for having me be with you. No, Jenny, I first learned about you years ago when I bumped into a book called Your Best Year Yet. And I had not heard of you before that. I had not read the book, of course, before that. I stepped into the book in December, seven years ago now. And oh my reading, goodness. reading that book and then actually following through on the steps, the techniques, the tools, the limiting beliefs and how to overcome them, I think has propelled me forward as a business owner, as a husband, as a father, as a man. And so to share you on the front side of 2017 with our followers um, humbles me and totally excites me. Oh, John, that makes me so happy. What makes me happy? I mean, I love talking to thousands of people and spreading the word because it's been so many, it's so effective for over a million people. But that you tell me that, that it's affected your life and that you've stuck with it. And I can, well, we can see how successful you are. Well, so that makes warms my heart. And Jenny, I don't know if you've heard, but sometimes the media can be a little negative. Sometimes we will really? hear the the echo chamber through social media or in the you know the cafeteria that the best days are behind us, that we're all doomed, that we're getting older by the day and moving quickly toward our graves, whether that means individually, as a couple, as families, communities, country, civilization, we're dying. And yet you put forward a message of hope and possibility and clear next steps uh, through your speaking, through your writing, and then specifically in the best year yet. Yes, I agree. There's never, in fact, there's always been those distractions and that negative energy, which is so prevalent around us. And the media comes on with one tragedy after another, after another, it's bound to affect us. And I don't know a time in my life, and it's not been a short life, but it's been a good one, (laughs) when things have been so scary Mm -hmm. and so discombobulated. So this this is a wonderful time to actually step back and get in touch with who we are and what we have to give and learn from the past, but then forget about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so excited, like I said, to bring you on on the front side of 2017 to help us create a plan, a, a board, a vision for where we can go this year and beyond. So, Jenny, you and I are having coffee right now. It's just the two of us, and we happen to have about 150,000 friends tuning in all around the world. Typically, when people tune into our podcast, they listen to other people's stories. They get inspired and encouraged from them. But today, it's going to be a little bit of a different share. What I'd encourage you right now, listeners, friends right now, grab a smart board, grab a laptop, grab a pen, a pencil, a piece of paper, and get ready to reflect on your life. It's it's worthy, it's beautiful, and your best days, your best years yet to come. So, Jenny, uh, t- take us through some steps that would allow us to have our best year yet. Well, best year yet started in 1980, so it's been around a long time. As I said earlier, it's reached lots of people in lots of countries, and it works every time because the basic premise of Best Year Yet, John, is that, and you know this, but you have the answers to your own success, to your own well-being, to being the kind of person that you want to be. They're already within you. And I'll talk a bit more about that. But what Best Year Yet is, is a series of 10 questions. Mm -hmm. And whether we're working with the top team in a multinational 
or a teenager just about ready to graduate from school and wondering what to do, Mm -hmm. uh, the questions are exactly the same. Because inside, we have this inherent wisdom in nature that's the same for all of us. It may be different experiences and so forth, but at the bottom line, it's the same for all of us. Right. And, and, and it's always present. Now, you know, the fog rolls in a lot of the time, either from our own creativity, negative creativity, or from what we pick up around us. And it keeps us from being in touch with that. But the thing I want you to remember is that it's always there. It's always been there. And it doesn't matter whether you're 20 or 40 or an entrepreneur, or a CEO, or whoever you are, it's there, always. And that's what you trust. When you ask yourself the questions of best year yet, and I'll talk about a few of them in a moment, um, you answer from that core of who you are. Mm. That's where the answers come from. So you're literally tapping into your own wisdom to figure out how to make the next year of your life your best year yet. And once you've answered the 10 questions, you have a one-page plan, simple, easy, and the queen of simple, you know, where you have that to guide you through the next year. That's what excites me most. I've never met anyone who didn't have this wonderful heart of goodness and capability and desire to make an impact with their life. Well, when we were thinking on how do we get a community that is so plastered in the fog, to use your terminology, how do we get them to uh, blow that fog back? I can think of no guest, no author, no presenter, no coach, and no friend better than you to bring on. So why don't we start walking our friends and me through through some of the questions you think are most important today, Jenny? Great. The first four questions are the most important, and I'll just tell you what they are, and then when we get to question four, I'm going to ask you all to, as I describe, a model that actually talks about who you are and what gets in the way and how to get get past the fog. Mm. You know what it feels like to get past the fog, right, John? Uh. It's... Phenomenal. You're just in the flow. It's wonderful. So the first four questions are, what did I accomplish in the past year? We're so used to, you know, oh, God, I'm so glad 2016 is over. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, my God, it was miserable. And (laughs) we were drawn to the negative, but it's it's transformational, I believe. And was it for you, John, when you actually wrote down your accomplishments? for the past year and forced yourself to say what, what you did well. It's huge. And what we focus on grows. And if we only focus on, wow, I'm glad that's behind me. Well, then no- nothing positive can expand. But what, in focusing on that, and I don't have my sheet in front of me because it does boil down to one page. I've realized that this year I thought was uh, not that impressive, not all that worthwhile, was in fact a beautiful year (laughs) and transformative. And in areas I never thought I was growing, like, for instance, in my marriage. So, yeah, this was a huge question for me, Jenny. That's great. So that's the first question. Second one, because if we don't just 
play Pollyanna and just look at the good news here because we can learn just as much from our disappointments. So that's the second question. What were my biggest disappointments? So they can be things that you failed to do, promises you didn't keep, uh, mistakes you made, or things that happened to you through other people or other situations. Get it all down because we can learn from the disappointments as much as we can learn from the accomplishments. But I say as you write those answers down to that question, do your best as you write them to tell the truth to the piece of paper. I mean, nobody else needs to see it. Or if you're online um, doing the online program where you answer these questions online, just Write them down, write the mistakes and disappointments down, and do your best to just let them go. Get them out of the driver's seat and stop having them identify who you are, you know? Jenny, on the beauty of a podcast on this radio signal that we can plug into today is they can hit pause. So if they are poolside or there's a coffee in front of them or a little eggnog left over from Christmas in front of them, they can hit pause right now knowing that. Is question number one and the answers to it and question number two and the answers to it about how much space do you think most of your clients and friends, how much time do they need to really answer these questions? I would say five minutes. Okay. And if if you keep asking yourself the question, what were my biggest accomplishments in the last year? Just keep asking yourself the question and listen for the answer. We're, We're listening to that deep resonant place within us. And write down whatever it says. Mm -hmm. And if it stops saying anything more, then you know you're finished. (laughs) One thing we did as a team when we went through this exercise seven years ago is we actually also invited other people to share what they thought the 12 biggest accomplishments in our individual lives were over over that timeline, whether it's a spouse, a team member. Oh, that's great. Because frequently what we do... uh, we, we, we take it so for granted, we didn't even realize the significance within the achievement. That's true. I did it. How good can it be? <laughs> yeah. So frequently, that is the language we use if, we're, uh, if we have any humility at all. All right. So one and two, we got it. What's number three, Jenny? Well, number three is what did I learn? And the source of what you learned is to look at your accomplishments and say, how did I do that? What was my secret? And what we're looking for here is a motto, uh, a guideline, just a short snippet. Uh, One of mine for this year, uh, for um, 2016, was enjoy life. Hmm. You know, I'm a get it done, make it happen person. And even if I'm doing those things, enjoy it. But then stop and enjoy it. I had realized when I wrote down my biggest disappointments for the previous year that I had spent virtually no time in our beautiful garden. Hmm. Now, that's silly. Why have a beautiful garden if you don't spend time out there? So enjoy life was my first one. So that's an example of what we're talking about, John, when we say a guideline, three or four words at most, get to the point, don't tell the story. But what you're looking for here is, first of all, look at your accomplishments. How did I do it? And what advice would I give myself so I use that behavior in the future, in the coming year? Okay? Mm -hmm. Then you look at your disappointments and you say, oh, 
you know, read through all of them and say, all right, what's the lesson here? What advice would I give myself not to have that again, to have the outcome I want again? What was I doing to get in the way? Or how was I interacting with somebody else such that they didn't participate in having what I wanted to have happen? happen? You know? Mm-hmm. So what we're looking for, write down you know, I'd say five or seven key guidelines, lessons that you want to learn, pieces of advice that you want to give yourself. So as with mine, I said, enjoy life. I'm telling myself what to do. And I'm not going to say stop whining because that's not useful. It doesn't tell you what to do. Yes. So that's what you're looking for in question three. When you get those all written down, choose three only three. There's only so much we can learn, so much behavior we can change in the period of 12 months. Well, you gave us a great example there, Jenny, when you said stop whining. I would imagine many people, <laughs> when they say, what did I learn, will have some negative terminology they write down. Is is sure. your advice back to then turn the negative of stop whining into, uh, for instance, start being grateful? Yeah, be grateful, be positive. You know, exactly. Okay. Couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what it is. And now the fourth question, which is the most important. And here we're looking for, you know, if you imagine this purity of who you are, that's always there and always available. What is it that gets in the way? Hmm. Now, here's where I'd like to invite you, John, and uh, the people listening in to actually, I think it would be best just to have a pen and a piece of paper because it's a simple diagram, yep. which we in, we in best year yet called, call the fried egg. So in the middle of your paper, draw a circle about the size of a golf ball. Mm-hmm. And in there, write who I am. Okay. We were born with this essence that we tap into, whether we're in church at a concert, reading a wonderful book, just having one of those enlightened moments, and we bump into this person, this being, this essence that's within us that is has wisdom, goodness, capability, the answers that we need to be the person we want to be. Mm-hmm. So there it is, glowing like a sun, you know? Wow, it's amazing. What happens? Why, get, why aren't we all walking around happy? Why isn't everybody happy? Why is everybody talking about, you know, the political situation or the weather or whatever? <laughs> or, you know, I would love to do this, but I can't because fill in the blanks. Where does all that come from? Well, we come into the world purely as this essence. Now, draw another ring Outside, you know, say about about a, give yourself about an inch, so an inch between the outside of the who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this one label who I'm afraid I am. Now, where does that come from? Well, it could be our parents said, "Don't do that. Be careful." You know, they were that kind of parent, or a manager got that way, and 
thought that the best way to 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 manage you and get the best out of you was to tell you where you were going wrong and for God's sake not um, praise you or tell you where you were getting it right. And then, you know, we decide we really like a girl or a guy and we say, you know, I really would like to spend more time with them. And you finally get up your courage and you go and you talk to them and kind of hint that's what you want to do. And they say, well, thank you very much. I'm flattered, but I'm not interested. Well, what does that do to you? I've never heard those words, so I can't imagine. (laughs) I'm not attractive. I'm ugly. Nobody would want me. You know, the the list goes on and on. I'm not as good as I think I am. I don't know what to do. You know, all those statements that we come to believe are not just statements. That's who I am. That's who I am. And I can't let anybody know. But this, it's just this fog, like think of the who I am as the sun, and then these clouds come over, and they're clouds of other people's making, of things they said about us, and then they become our own. We gather proof. Mm-hmm. If we say, I'm not attractive, I'm ugly, nobody would want to be with me. You know, for years, I gathered proof of that until I realized what I was doing. <laughs> All right. So then one more circle around the outside of who I'm afraid I am. And they're right, who I pretend to be. So here's the pretense, the personality, the ego. Why do we have that? Well, we don't walk around with our thumb in the mouth saying, I'm ugly. You know, I really would love to do something with my life, but I haven't any idea what, and I can't think of anybody who would hire me or want to work with me, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, so you don't walk around like that. So you, we build up a personality and a pretense and kind of our happy face or our way of coping, and that's who I pretend to be. So out there, right, you know, personality, uh ego, coping mechanisms, you know, it's what we do to keep people from seeing our fear, which is in the center circle. Questions so far, John? When when you say who I pretend to be, does that also include uh, like roles we've assumed, even though it's not really who we are, whether that means comedian or... uh... (laughs) You know, the various mindsets that we put on in public and in private, that, that kind of faking it to make it, and even though it's not really who we are. Faking it to make it. Definitely that's where faking it to make it goes. Okay. You know. So what happened to who I am? It's buried. Mm-hmm. It's buried below the fears, and then it's buried below the pretense. And that's a lot to get through. Now, that's... You know, nothing against therapy because, you know, my husband and I did couples therapy a couple of years ago and it was brilliant. I mean, we've never been happier. But so I'm not saying anything against that. But it doesn't take years of therapy to get through this. So go back and put your pen or pencil in the center of the center circle and draw a, a slice of pie going out way past the pretense. Mm -hmm. 
okay, so that you've just cut yourself away out of this fog and this pretending and, oh, it's so, so much unhappiness and so much stress and so much sadness. And here, write commitment. Mm -hmm. Inside that slice of pie, write commitment. So perhaps you've run a marathon and, oh, my God, it was awful when you couldn't run 10 minutes to begin with. And eventually, because you promised you would, you did it. And having made that promise and worked on it and kept it every step of the way, you're you're tapping into who you are. Does that make sense? It does, but give me another example. Another example is your best year yet plan, <clears throat> because you will have answered all the questions uh, from this spot, so that when you get your one-page best year yet plan and you look at it, you're so clear. You're so motivated. I've, I've, I've done it for 35 years. I mm-hmm. feel that way every single time. Yes, that's what matters to me. Yes, those are the lessons I have to learn. So put best year yet, my best year yet plan. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Which you create yourself. Ginny Ditzler or any coach or a facilitator in best year yet isn't going to tell you how to have your best year yet. We don't need to. You know. So this is your plan. And the more I follow my plan, the more I'm in touch with who I am. The more I progress the goals, the more I stick with a more positive way of thinking, which comes from question four. So question one, what did I accomplish? Question two, what were my biggest disappointments? Question three, what did I learn? There you have the guidelines. First part of the one-page plan is the guidelines, the Mm -hmm. three lessons. Then question four is, how do I limit myself and how can I stop? So in this question are the limiting paradigms and beliefs that belong in the middle circle. Yep. They stop us like a brick wall. I mean, and we get the proof. He doesn't love me. Look, he doesn't hug me the way he used to. He doesn't take me out the way he used to. When was the last time he brought me flowers? Then, And you just keep building up the evidence and pretty soon you're miserable and stressed and he gets angry at you and things fall apart. That's pretty much what happened to us. That, and uh, every other relationship, whether it's parenting, spouse, whatever. Yeah. I think that we yeah. we look for proof and we find it everywhere we look. Yeah, exactly. So we need to cut the movie. I call that the story, you know? So what you do is you look for what those limiting statements are that you currently are defining yourself with. You, You didn't get the contract you wanted to get, so you say, I'll never be a salesman. I don't know why I bother. That's one of those statements that would live in the center circle. And you discover what all those are. So you write down... What are my limiting beliefs about my self and chances for success as a sub-question? And then you write down every, you ask yourself the question, the answers are there. You just have to be quiet and listen. Don't edit. Don't go, nah, that's not one. Oh, I don't really believe that. Well, we all do that, but write it down anyway because it's Mm -hmm. gold, you know? 
And Jenny, to just to call it. this out, one of the things I really liked about your process and, and our friends right now are hearing it as well, is rather than telling us specifics, you ask questions so that we figure it out for ourselves. And and I think that is extremely important, whether you're making a plan to live your best year yet or you're trying to prove something out that is important. You, you can't be told. It has to be revealed through your own experience. Yes, Absolutely. So what you end up with at the end of this uh, question four, which will take up to an hour, be patient with yourself. You want to uncover those limiting beliefs that uh, and paradigms, we call them your perception of the world and yourself. Um, And then you go through the list. And I, I like to ask people to say, okay, there's your list of limiting beliefs. Now imagine for a moment that those were all true. There's nothing you can do about it. That's the way it is. You just have to cope in spite of all that. And they go, I said, what would your future look like? What would your future look like, Joan, if you believed all that? And that's, that's the way it is. Too bad. I, you know, I, so honestly, I, I think that the negativity would feel a lot like the one we tune into every night at the 10 o'clock news and the, the limiting beliefs. <laughs> The tape they play for us is the one they are looking for. They're looking for the fire up north and the shooting down south. They find it. They magnify it. They put a camera in front of it until we believe it, and then they tell us about it again the following day. And limiting beliefs do the exact same thing in our marriages, in our faith walk, in our health. We think we're not good enough. We're not worthy, or she doesn't love us anymore. They'll never have me speak at that conference. And we so become what victims we to our got? Yeah, it, there's no chance. It's hopeless. <laughs> no chance. Our worst year so, yet. Exactly. So you look down that list of limiting beliefs and ask yourself, which one is holding me back the most right now? Which one do I really believe? There's nothing I can do about that. And find the strongest limiting paradigm. And then in the best year yet system, you actually are guided um, to create a new paradigm, which is the reality you want, because these limiting paradigms are lies that we've made up and bought into, but they're not true because you are who you are. And these are just blocks that have occurred that are keeping you from being as much of who you are as you want to be. I remember this woman who had the longest list of failures and limiting beliefs of anybody I can remember in the last five years. And her new paradigm was, I am powerful. Just that simple. I am powerful. She could look through at her life through another set of experiences and her experience of who she really was, her true nature, and say that's true. Now, it feels funny to say it because I don't really believe it right now, but I, I can accept, part of me can accept that is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. Totally positive statement about what you want to manifest. It's really what, it's already true, but, you know, we it helps us get through the blocks. We repeat it and, you know, the the book tells a lot, has a lot of, um, examples and so forth about what to do about this. But yep. that, so that's the fourth question. You get to the fourth question and it's pretty easy. I'm just going to give them to people and say a little bit about them because we, you know, you can pause 
I'll tell you the options for making your best year yet plan. Would this be a good time to do that, John? I think it's great, and I think it's also important to recognize we are four questions into your best year yet, and we haven't even begun taking a step forward. And I and I say that with great <laughs> sincerity and care. Like so frequently, we say I'm going to lose 26 pounds in the new year and fit into that old dress from college, and and then we wonder why we fail miserably, and we find ourselves at the ice cream parlor on January 3rd. So, yeah, you, you exactly. are helping unpack these limiting beliefs. You're helping to remind us that we aren't total failures. That the last year was a great one, and yet not air free. And in doing all this foundational work, now we can be, begin slowly building back up the structure that we want to see in our lives in this coming year and beyond. So I will go through the final six questions, but I want to, to pause just for a moment. Um, obviously, you can listen to this podcast. You can do it on your own. There is an organization called Best Year Yet, which is now run by a new leadership team that has been in existence for 35 years. We've reached over a million people in 30 countries. And the website is called Mm bestyearyet.com. When you go there, we have programs for individuals, for entrepreneurs, for families, for small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses, CEOs, you know, anybody. But but the one that I recommend, no matter what your place in life is, is to do the individual one first. It all starts with you. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a plan, if you're living too much in the center circle of fear and you're a CEO of a company, it's going to proliferate throughout the business. I've seen it thousands of times. Mm -hmm. So start with you. So on the homepage, you'll see individual programs, and it gives you a chance to answer the 10 questions online. And then the beauty of that particular program is once your plan is finished, it, it um, moves to a software program where you can track it month to month, week to week throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You can score your guidelines, score how you're doing on your new paradigm, score your goals. Awesome. So that's one way, bestyearyet.com. And just to remind our f- friends who might find themselves driving or somewhere else, all of these links will be available on our show notes. So uh, the place where you've been going to learn more about the books that we've had on here and the friends we've invited onto our show will also be available, this great link to Best Year Yet uh, as part of the show notes. So, Jenny, take us through the, f- the, the six questions. Okay. So having now begun to pierce the fear, you have a mechanism that comes from directly from who you are, and you use that uh, to crash through the barrier of fog and distraction and obscurations and so forth, then you're beginning to create the future. But the first question that we ask ourselves as you start to create your best year yet is, what are my personal values? Now, this isn't a test. They're there. Again, ask yourself what your personal values are. Hey, Jenny, give us, yeah, give us some examples that you might have heard or you feel yourself. Yeah. Loving, commitment, contribution, giving, uh, patience. <laughs> I had to have that one from grade two. Um, Those kinds of things. You say, what? And are, we've all seen people, particularly in public life, who 
say they value one thing, and yet the way they behave is not in alignment with that, with what they say they believe. That was actually That's my question. So are, are these aspirational things we wish we had, or are these things, no, these are core no. to who we are. We're not perfect at them. But... This is part of who you are. Okay. Perfect. You know, this is the person I want to be. I want to live up to these values. And, you know, it actually gives you, as part of the online program, it gives you a chance to do a little performance review on how you're doing in each of the roles that you play. Mm -hmm. How am I living my values in this one and this one? What it does before you start setting your goals and deciding what's most important to you in 2017, it gives you a foundation because if you can later go back and look at your goals and say, well, does that, is that in congruence with my values? And then you can, change it a little bit or whatever you want to do so yes. that the whole plan holds together. Okay. Then the next one, which I just kind of hinted at, question six is what roles do I play? Father, son, what are your roles? Just give me three or you four. You got two um, important ones right there. Father, son, speaker, writer, business owner, child of God, <laughs> husband, uh, those are the, those are ones that I hold fast and dear to throughout my year. Yes, absolutely. So you you um, also I ask that if is there a new one you want to play in 2017? Something that you haven't tried yet, sailor or whatever. You know, then you add that to the list. And I also say insist, in fact, that you everybody has one role which is about taking care of yourself. Some people call it my guardian angel, Ginny's coach, I call it for the most part, and so forth. Um, Have that, because if you look at your list of roles, most of them are about taking care of others, Mm -hmm. meeting the needs of others, being responsible for others. And if we don't take care of ourselves, oh, this has been the hardest lesson for me. If we don't take care of ourselves, our well runs dry, then we don't have what we need to carry out the other roles in the way that we want to. We get resentful, we get tired, we get stressed, we don't give a damn, you know, just because. I see a lot of our listeners nodding their heads right now. (laughs) If you're not meditating, if you're not exercising, if you're not having some time to yourself, if you're not going to a concert, Whatever it is that restores you and makes you feel like you have a happy life and it's a, you know, that good old balanced life, you know, yep. then it affects everything. Perfect. So one role about taking care of yourself, you're only allowed eight. I mean, you can't write down, you know, 25. That's, yep. That'll drive you crazy. Get it down to eight, the most important roles that you play and have that be one of them. Then the question seven is, what, which role is my major focus for the next year? Which role is my major focus? And look through your list of roles and say, which role, if I had a breakthrough in my performance, if I got much, 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 much better at playing that role would make the biggest difference to me, to the people around me, in fact, would make it my best year yet. Hmm. 
For some people, it's breadwinner. They're not earning enough money. They, they haven't taken responsibility for their money, whatever it is. For other people, it could be salesperson. Mine for the last year, year was Buddhist. I wanted to devote myself more to my practice and my meditation, and I have. Mm-hmm. And it's made a big difference. But you step back and choose just one role, and that becomes your major focus, which also appears on your one-page plan. So, so far, your one-page plan is guidelines, three lessons, short to the point. Your new paradigm, your statement, I am powerful, whatever it is. Then major focus, whatever that role is. Now we get to your top 10 goals for the year. The last, the fourth part. So what roles do I play? Question eight is, what are my goals for each of my roles? Mm. So write down your roles, leave some space, write down your roles, leave some space. Obviously, if, if you read the book, my book, Your Best Year Yet, or go online um, and take advantage of the program that's there. All of this is set up for you. But if, if you're just doing it there with a pen and paper, you know, write down, leave yourself some space, and then write smart goals, you know, specific, measurable. Yep. Uh, spend more time with the kids versus um, read to each child every night. You know, read to each child every night is specific and measurable. Lose some weight, you know, or lose 20 pounds. Then you put in parentheses, you put what you weigh now, (laughs) to keep you honest. (laughs) So for each of your roles, write down the goals, two or three, one, whatever you want. And And then the ninth question is, what are my top 10 goals? So out of all the goals you picked, you picked the 10 goals that would make it your best year yet. So coming from that previous question, Jenny, I would have assumed that if one of my roles was dad and the goal was to read to my kids each night, are you saying that, no, that's one of the goals within being a dad? Another is that you're home every Saturday. A third is that you are actively engaged when you're in front of each child and you have a whole bunch of goals for each role. And then you're going to pick out of 40 little subset goals, you're going to pick 10 priorities. Yeah, the ones that will make it your best year yet. Make it your best year yet as a father. Make it your best year yet as a husband. Make it best year yet as a writer. Okay. You've You've got eight roles, so you actually have, if you have your major focus, you might want two roles. Mm-hmm. You know, for the last couple of years, I wanted to be more consistent in my writing for Huffington Post, so I have a numerical goal for how many uh, articles I want to write. Very specific. And I wanted to do three podcasts in 2016, so thank you for your help. (laughs) What more can I do? I'm here to serve you, Jenny. (laughs) So then question 10 is how can I achieve my plan? And it couldn't be more open than this. What's going to keep this plan from getting printed out and put in my inbox and life goes on? Well, it makes a difference to make your plan. There will be a shift. There will be a transformation because you have 
spent this time reviewing the past, letting go of the past, creating the future. So, you know, you're, you've got benefit anyway, but what's going to bring it alive? How are you going to remember those guidelines? You know, you know, I recommend strongly a coach. If not a coach, if you really feel you can't afford whatever a coach costs, um, and they're worth their weight in gold for the most part, uh, you know, you can find a best year yet uh, coach online. Mm-hmm. But but also, um, buddy up with somebody. Right that you can be accountable to. Maybe it's your husband or your wife. Maybe it's not. Jenny, does your book Maybe begin it's... with you sitting around a dining room table on th- like New Year's Eve, writing out goals? I... It was New Year's Day, actually. New Year's okay. Day, 1980. I just I remember most... reading that, thinking how most people are watching football or they're nursing a hangover, and here you were with <laughs> your dear ones saying, gosh, what can we do to really have a wonderful year? And Yeah, having a coach, that is the way to throw a little bit of fuel on the fire. Great stuff I've had coaches. If you don't feel you can have a coach, and it would be the best investment you can make in yourself. But get somebody that you're willing to be accountable for. I totally agree with that. That you keep your promises with. And you know who that person is or those people are. And meet periodically. My agent and her best friend... Um, literary agent and her my best and her best friend talk on the phone every Sunday night and talk about the progress they're making on their monthly plan, Jenny, which is progressing their annual plan. You you've given us I think three main ideas to answer question ten. I'd like you to give me a few more. So what you've provided so far is we're going to have one sheet where this is all written down. You're going to consider investing in a coach of some variety if you're open to it. At the very least, you're going to find a partner, spouse, child, parent, neighbor, someone you go to synagogue, church with, what, worship with, whatever that may be. One individual that you can lean into and they can lean into you. What are some other ideas that you found have been successful for men and women you've served in the past? Keep score. The um, producing results online, which is the software program that you're um, – once you have your one-page plan, it, it – it moves over into the software, um, has a way of creating monthly goals. That way you can say, okay, I want to be that, that far in a year. What do I need to accomplish in the next month? You get to the end of that month and you can score how you did on your guidelines, your new paradigm, your major focus, and how did you do out of 100% on each one of your top 10 goals. Keep score. So, Jenny, right now, someone and uh, someone's driving to work, listening to this, or they're at home uh, sipping on the final slug of a little bit of wine in their glass, thinking, "Whew, this sounds hard. This sounds like a lot yes, of work." What, 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 what would you say to the lady, the gentleman, the student sitting back right now, just about to hit end on the show? Because it really, it sounds like work. It is, but you know what? Scoring your plan takes about five minutes. It's not hard. It's discipline. We hate that word, but, you know, it pays off. <laughs> and what I'd really say to that person or the person, don't, don't, don't go away. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> first of all, don't go away. Um, if at the beginning when I was talking about who you 
are, and you know who I'm talking about. You know that person. You know that strength and essence within you. If you want to access that more and bring it to life in your life and live an inspired life, no kidding, Mm -hmm. do this. Well, that's why you're on. Making a Yes. Making a plan, making a plan for the next month and going through comparing to your annual plan, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do this month. Having somebody to be accountable for keeping score and making a new plan takes maybe an hour a month. And to, to, to get the plan online and the software, I can't even remember. It's nine or $10 a month. It's, you know, it's, it's not hard. In fact, it's kind of like a game. You can actually go in there and look at your graphs. How am I progressing on this goal and that goal? Every quarter you can go through and say, which one's on track, which one's in danger, mm-hmm. which one needs attention. You know, it works. It's been around for a long time. Um, and so, you know, yes, make a plan track your plan, and in the process, you become a master at producing results, a master at accessing who you are and making a difference with it, being the kind of person you want to be. I mean, I talked to a man in his 40s a couple of days ago, and he said, I've just wasted my life. Well, I looked at him, and I didn't think he had, but, you know, he said the difference between who I am and what I can do and what I've done so far is quite a bit. I said, well, that." I can't argue with. That's true for most of us. If you want to start to fill more of that gap, if there are dreams you want to manifest, then it does take a little work and commitment and discipline and accountability. But, you know, we've done this program, as I said, with people in all walks of life, and it never fails. Yes. Not because of the, the brilliance of me or anybody else that you're working with, but because you're the author of the plan and you're the author of how well you follow it through. And you know what? I know very few people get 100% on their goals every mm. year. Very, very few, including me. But man, the progress you made you make compared to what you would have made if you didn't have the plan and if you didn't pay attention to it. Well, what what I'm excited about, Jenny, is for the last seven years organizationally, we at our firm, John O'Leary, Live Inspired, we have organizational goals. And we've we've never not achieved the goal we set out. Now, maybe that maybe that means we're not aiming high enough. I think we actually aim extremely high. But I think what it really means is we hammer that same nail to get toward that goal day after day, week after week, month after month until we achieve it. What I'm excited about, though, is doing this exact same process in my faith walk with my wife as a child of two parents who are still alive, as a father of four little ones. Like, I'm a really lucky guy, but I want to stay as focused over there as I am in my work life. And as I do this, I'm excited to share my discoveries and my lessons with a community of men and women listening right now today who, in just listening, that they voted that they're going to step into this with me and with you, Jenny. So I'm, I'm excited to share this path and to live my best year yet with you, Jenny, but also with our friends listening. Thank you so much, John. And Jenny, thank we, you. We're, we're delighted, but you're not off the hook yet. We end every podcast. <laughs> 
Uh, it's our best podcast yet. We end every single one with seven questions, and I certainly want you to become part of this process, too. So I'm going to ask you seven questions that you're not okay. currently prepared for, but here's number one. That's okay. I have a who I am. I can ask my That's right. <laughs> Cut back that hard-boiled fried egg and, and slice into it. Here's number one. What's the best book you've ever read? I was The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. <laughs> A big, weighty book, but great. Uh, number two. No, no, but it's very readable. It's oh, yeah, but it's uh, for people who keep track of uh, sports and uh, the fires up north and the shootings down <laughs> south. All of a sudden, we're talking about real life and real death and the value of being fully alive each day. It's, it's a great book. Yes. Tomorrow, you discover your wealthy uncle has shockingly, shockingly died at 103, leaving you with millions. What would you do with that money? Oh, my goodness. Well, I buy, uh, you know, I, wow. I take care of ourselves and our family where we don't feel completely taken care of. You know, I start with my family and my, my extended family, but, and give to the, give to our teacher and, and things like the hunger project, uh, charities and nonprofits Mm -hmm. that we believe in. But then I would, you know, Find wonderful ideas like live inspired and so forth and, and invest in them. Mm. Find people up to good who are being successful with their lives or have a good plan and just invest in people who want to make this the happy place that it can be. Awesome. I'm so tired of the oh, the negativity yes. and the, w- sitting around talking about how horrible it's going to be when the next president comes in, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So much negativity and those habits that we get into, and it's not making us happy. Jenny, so I just you have discovered now, question three, that your house is on fire and all living people and all living things are already out. And you have an opportunity to run in and grab one thing that really means something to you. What would you grab from your home? Uh, my laptop. <laughs> Practical. <laughs> it and has I, all my pictures totally. and all my writing. And, yeah, exactly. How about this one? If you could sit on a bench overlooking a gorgeous beach on a beautiful day and you could talk with anyone, living or dead, who would you want to sit next to? Mom. <laughs> Tell me about your mom. Well, she's not with us anymore, but yeah. she was an angel. Awesome. Well, I look forward to you having that conversation. And what, what's the best advice that your mom or anyone else ever gave you? Where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. What would you, Jenny, tell your 20-year-old self? Relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably advice we could all tell ourselves regardless of our age today. So relax, yes, man. Just relax. All right, here's the final question. Jenny, it's been said that all great people can have their lives summed up in one sentence. How would you want your one sentence to read? One sentence. She cared deeply about others. And committed her life to showing them how to use the best that's in them. 
That's awesome. I think that's one you can drop the mic on. Jenny Ditzler, thank you for your work, your reflections, your sharing, this podcast, your book that helped change my life. And through that, Jenny, is changing lives now all around the country and all around the world. Uh, in no small part, I'm here today with you because of work you did 30 years ago. So thank you for it. Thank you so much, John. You're a blessing. Oh, gosh. Well, my friends, for this time and until next time, this is Live Inspired with John O'Leary. That's Jenny Ditzler. And this is your day, Live Inspired. Well, thanks for joining me on this Live Inspired podcast. You'll also find in the show notes links toward Jenny's website. You'll find the 10 questions spelled out for you specifically that you can step back into yourself. Just to show you how important this is to me, uh, not only did I go through these questions again this year, I guided my entire team through these questions for our year-end meeting as we plan toward 2017 and beyond. And I'm also working through these 10 questions right now with my family, with my wife, and with my kids. So these 10 questions that are in the show notes, you'll learn more about that at JohnO'LearyInspires.com. I encourage you today, my friends, not just to hear what Jenny shared but to take advice, take her advice, to follow through on those questions, to answer them from your own place, to deepen them, to create that one sheet to live your best year yet. Now, if you've enjoyed this show as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you, please take a moment, take a few seconds, rate this show, and review this podcast. Something pretty amazing happened in season one. We hit more than 50,000 downloads in our first season. That That's pretty remarkable. And yet as fast as this thing is growing, as as many lives are as we are currently touching, what we know is we can impact more lives. We know it's a community that is frequently stuck in the dark, they're stuck in the rut, and yet there is a way forward. Help us reach those people. Help us share this news. Tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers, tell your friends, rate the show. Let's make sure that other people join us in the movement to leave insp- live inspired lives. So for this time and until next time, this is John O'Leary and this is your day. Live Inspired.